Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel, and welcome to another Empowered Love radio show going to be a great show today. I'm really excited to do it because today's show is a very inspirational show and it's lovely to be able to do inspirational shows, to really, really be able to showcase and highlight someone that has a lovely lady from Canada who has come through very difficult love circumstances and really triumphed. And what today's show is about, it's about empowered dating. Now, it was really funny because Laurie is on the line and I'm actually going to introduce her. So, so hi, Laurie. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hi, Melanie. It's nice to be on. Yeah, yeah. And Laurie's over in Canada and she's 16 hours behind at the time and we were just discussing weather. Mm-hmm. And Laurie was telling me <laughs> that it's because I'm in Australia and everybody from Australia here, we're in summer. We haven't really struck summer yet, but... You know, we've got a beautiful Melbourne day of 25 degrees. I'm looking at the blue sky and I'm in a summery dress. And and Laurie's telling me it's a very mild day in Canada today. It's five degrees Celsius. <laughs> it's very mild, yeah. Except that the sun went down at about um, 4 p.m., so that was hard. Our days are short now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we feel like we're in the Great White North, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said to Laurie, when it gets below 15 degrees Celsius, I'm freaking out. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's it's just amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. So, so Laurie, when you're in the height of winter, yes. what, what time does the sun come up and the sun go down? Oh, uh-huh. feels like noon, but um, it comes up at about 7 in the morning, maybe. 7:30, and yes. it and it um it sets at about 3:30 or a quarter to four, around four o'clock at the latest. That's oh a short, short period. Yeah, it's a very short day. Oh my yeah. goodness! Oh my goodness! But yet in summer, the other way round, mm-hmm. what happens then? Um, at the height of summer, it it rises about 5:30, quarter to six in the morning, and sets at about nine at night. It's beautiful. Ah, oh, which yeah. is pretty much what we have out here in summer. Yeah. And it can go to 32 degrees in the summer, Celsius. So Gorgeous. So you get really range. big extremes, don't yeah, you? Yeah, we don't get bored in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and we thought we had big extremes in Melbourne. You know, everybody says in Melbourne you can have four seasons in one day, and yeah, you wow. can. But wow. uh, now that's extreme. That is really, really extreme. <laughs> 
So Laurie's been on the show before. Laurie came on uh, to one of our shows. She was one of our lovely guests of Three Ladies, that the show that we did about boundaries, which was a fabulous, fabulous show. And the show that we're going to be doing today is about empowered dating. Now, Laurie and I both discussed that before we became empowered daters, we would have much rather the sort of dating we both joked, and I said I would have rather gone to see a gynecologist than sort of think about dating. Now, my dating. So this is about how it all gets turned around. Now, just before we go into Laurie's story, my story with empowered dating, and I did become an empowered dater, I researched, I studied, I learnt a lot about it, and I became a lady that loved dating. Now, the results of that, I'm now 15 months into the relationship with the lovely Dale, who is my is my life partner, and we've got our dream property, we've got a fantastic life, I'm incredibly happy. Uh, you know, I've got the perfect guy in life for me. And it came through Empowered Dating. Dale and I actually met on an internet dating site and the rest is history. And the reasons that it happened were through Empowered Dating. Now, Laurie, when I originally posted this show, Laurie, I'm just going to read to you the show. And it's actually now we've got another bit to add on to that because while being an empowered dater and loving it and in her power but now she also has a wonderful wonderful man in her life which is just so beautiful it's gorgeous okay so this show is with a lady who was previously abused and lonely Laurie did come from a narcissistic relationship that's why this is so inspiring just like I did and she had a history of not getting love right. Listen to how she turned it all around, is in her power now, and loves dating. Seriously, this show will inspire you that there is no need for you to stay lonely, single, and dateless and have fears of dating. During this show, you will find out why. If you're single and lonely, yet the thoughting of dating horrifies you, a bit like you'd rather go to the gynecologist and the dentist, <laughs> you really... <laughs> We're not kidding. You no, several really... times over I said I'd line up to do it. Yep, instead of date long ago, absolutely. Ab- absolutely. So you really must listen to this show. Okay, so we're going to move on with this show. But you know what, before we do, I just think this is a really important time of year to talk about this show. Laurie, I don't know about you, but I know as a single woman, and I was a mature single woman many times going through life, that whole thing about Christmas, New mm. Year, oh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. a single person. Yeah, and I used to use um, the benchmark of who was I with at Christmas to remember Christmases. Interesting, eh? Oh, Who was yes. I in a relationship with that year? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, what a really good point. And you know what I always used to do? I'd get into the New Year and I'd been single through Christmas and New Year, and I'd get into the next year, and I'd think, you know what? Next year, I am not going to be alone at Christmas. Exactly, exactly. Yeah? Yeah, that's right. That would be... Absolutely. Now, you know, before I met Dale, before I met Dale, and actually even in the partner before that, because I wasn't into empowered dating, hadn't quite got it right with the partner before, but certainly did with Dale, I was actually dating through Christmas, New Year, holiday period. I was having a 
wow of a time. You know, the last three Christmases, oh, well, last Christmas I was with Dale, but the three before that, you know, I, I did no more lonely Christmases. In fact, I remember the Christmas before that, I was actually with family getting text messages from men all day that I was dating. Happy <laughs> Christmas now, love to catch up. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm a bit special. I'm a bit of a man. Popular girl. <laughs> I was. There, there was none of that, you know, eating Christmas lunch and going, oh, no, I'm alone again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what we're going to talk about, as well, of course, as landing the big fish, the beautiful man. That's what we're going to be talking about. So let's get going on this show, my love. Okay. Now, yeah, so Laurie, can you describe your past history with meeting men and relationships and before you became an empowered dater, what happened? Sure. Um, well, I dated in my 20s, as we all do, and I married at 28 and was married for 12 years and divorced at 40. And dating in your 40s is a whole different kettle of fish than dating in your 20s, isn't it? But I had the, same, had the same pattern in my 20s as in my 40s, and if someone paid attention to me, whether I liked him or not, I dated him because I thought, wow, this is great. Someone's come up. I must be worth dating. Then let's try it. I didn't feel really dateable. I didn't feel wonderful about myself. And and friends and family consider me very attractive. It's, that's not the question. I just didn't feel like I could choose myself. I felt mm. like I had to be chosen by someone else. Isn't that the big point? Being mm-hmm. chosen rather than being the chooser. Yep. Keep going. Right. And... Even in my marriage, I mean, he came along and I thought, this is perfect. This is the time that I think I should be getting married. I'm following the script that I want to follow. And, of course, I fell in love with him, but probably didn't look as carefully as I should have at the time. And then in my 40s, it was the same. There was almost a hunger to reattach. After the divorce, I took some time for myself. I took over a year to breathe, and I had a child, so I was learning to parent alone and getting all that straight and I thought after a year or so okay now I'm going to partner and I'll get married again and it'll be all good well Mm. it's six years ago and I'm not wanting to do that quite yet now but at the beginning I was very very hungry to reconnect and just make myself feel better by having someone tell me I was okay Mm. tell me I was worthy of the love that I thought I I deserved and I couldn't find it in myself I couldn't Mm. believe inside of me um, that I was okay alone. I couldn't find it. It took a really long time for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, I totally, totally relate to that. My history through my 30s and my 40s till I got it right. Uh, well, you're right. Look, in your 20s, that's what we did. You know, you hang out, hung out with a group of people, mm-hmm. you went down to the pub, you had social functions, you had parties. Right. There was always, you know, people and possibilities and... You may have had short-term, long-term relationships, all that sort of thing. But then when you get to your 30s and your 40s, especially, you know, your middle plus 30s, it's a little bit harder to go to pubs and clubs and, you know, you don't have that plentiful pool of opportunity that you had. And you certainly don't want to be, yeah, out in... um, You know, I've lost you, Melanie. You went away. Pubs and 
pause because you know, you're like, who the fella? Really quite depressing and you know, and and really, you know, the reality is pubs and clubs, you're really looking at a, a high possibility of players and alcoholics. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is And yeah. in in my forties as a single mother I mean, I live in what what I consider to be suburbia marriedville. You know, everybody, it's an area outside of a big city and everybody seems to be married. And this wasn't the spot where you'd meet anybody because everyone around was a family. So, and I wasn't about to go to a bar. I was a single mom and that wasn't what I was looking for. So it was difficult to meet people anyway. And certainly to meet the right ones was hard. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I know in my 30s and 40s, because I had no idea about empowered dating and I always had that thing about, you know, the internet and stuff is for desperates, you know, Mm -hmm. and I really hadn't (laughs) looked at the, totally, that used to be my belief. And the only times that I'd ever tried it, absolutely, I met my belief. So I either met desperates or, or, you know, I thought, well, people are hiding behind screens and they're liars and they're this and they're that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had really yucky experiences because I wasn't in my power. I didn't know what I was doing. And it was and it was just awful, you know. Absolutely. So, so that meant, as a 30, 40-year-old, that what you had to do was sort of hang around and hope somebody would turn, out in your, turn up in your life or go and join clubs and hope for the best. And then what would happen is, you know, somebody would come along and choose you and then you'd think, oh, well, there's things I like about this. Maybe this is meant to be. Maybe this is divine intervention. Maybe this person has come into my life because they're meant to be my life partner. Exactly. But without any of this, yes. <laughs> exactly. Sent from the heavens. That's oh, it's a sign. It's a sign that I'm ready. There you go. I didn't know he was coming. I didn't even look for him. And here he comes. Yeah, no. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no. that's what we did. So we come yep. along, we don't know how to ascertain, we don't know how to qualify, we get into it and, you know, and as Barbara D'Angelo says, you know, the number one reasons why relationships fail is a poor choice of partner. Oh, I think that's right. Absolutely. Mm. And, you know, people have said to me, you had terrible luck. And I said, no, I made poor choices. I really chose those people to be in my life. And Absolutely. I'm choosing differently now. And And I internet dated after the divorce quite happily because it was convenient and I could do it when my son was in bed and yeah. but still I wasn't choosy I, I threw a very large net and just waited for the fish to come into it yep. and it's very different now yeah and when you don't know you know when I actually studied and researched empowered dating or that's what I call it empowered dating mm-hmm. and realized the rules and how to was like I didn't even realize that I didn't get that now I get it Okay, so if we move on to, so how did dating feel before you knew what you were doing, before you became an empowered dater? Terrifying. I felt Mm. totally out of control. I felt like I never knew who would rise to the surface or who would be interested in me. I felt completely at somebody's mercy. And I really hoped the person would be nice, and if he was, yay. And if he wasn't, well, maybe I was meant to work through that and try to warm him up or try to understand that this was the person that was right for me. I just was totally out of my own power because I didn't know. I don't think I knew what I wanted, clearly, and I don't think I knew how to find it either. I think those were the two holes. I didn't know exactly what I wanted, and through this course I made a list of exactly what I wanted. And then... I didn't know how to find it. I didn't know how to look for it. I didn't know the landmarks along the way 
And mm-hmm. I, didn't know how to, I didn't know how to wait to look for it either. That when someone came along, I hopped on, I made it work. I, I'm a solution person, right? So I thought, if you make it work, it'll work. No. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, that's the big thing about we use the word, you know, through this show and through my work a lot, codependent. Mm. And people can believe that the codependent is a really powerless sort of insipid flaky woman. And many codependents don't look like that at all. They look like very solution-orientated, powerful, capable women in everyday life. Codependents are fixers. They're like, I can fix this. I'm strong enough to hang in there. I can make this work. That's a big thing about codependents, that if I can fix and sort out everything in my life outside of me, I can feel okay on the inside. Absolutely. And I and I fully admit that I was completely codependent for many years, that I felt good about myself if I was helping if I was empathetic, if I was understanding, if I was accepting, if I was tolerant of everything, then it was yep. all good. Then I was safe. But I yes. wasn't because then anything could come my way. All the storms that came, I wasn't armed for. I just wasn't because I just kept accepting them and trying to fix them into gentle waters. And you can't always do that. You you don't change people. They come the way they are and they stay the way they are. Absolutely. And they it's either not match what you need or not. Pardon? Yes, yeah, sorry. Just what did you say? They, they either they either match what you need or not. But I was so out of tune with what I needed. I accepted mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And then I'd wake up later and think I'm a mess. I don't feel good about myself. I'm unhappy. I'm uh, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. And then I'd clue in that this, it was late in the game then. Whereas if you go into it knowing exactly what you want and what your limits are and what your tolerance is, those boundaries are so wonderful and they keep you safe. Mm. But it doesn't mean that you're going in with a closed heart. I think that has to be said too. You're not walking in armed and closed off. You're walking in open, but safe. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I love what you said then because this is such a big point. I didn't know what I want. Mm. Now, this is a conversation I have with so many women and this is where I used to be with this. What we believed is that when we get that chemical attraction, (laughs) that feeling, that lovey, oh, my God, who's this guy? Oh, my God, I'm starting to get those blissy, lovey sort of feelings. Right. And where have you been all my life? Yes, yes. We thought that's what we wanted. We Mm -hmm. thought, like, it's all the fairy tales and all the sitcoms and everything we've watched. You know, I girls see each other across the room. We thought we were waiting for. You know, I remember in so many aspects of my life when I wasn't an empowered data, somebody would turn up in my vicinity eventually, like it could be, because I wasn't proactively creating it, it could take a long time. And then all of a sudden I'd go, oh, oh my God. And then you'd be going to the girls, you know, at work or whatever. Oh, my God, my future guy just came in here today. You know, okay. I've seen him. I felt <laughs> it. <laughs> and we I'd have meetings at work. Wanted. I would have meetings at work and new people would come to the meetings and I'd sit there long ago and think, I wonder if that's him. I wonder if he's the one that will enter my life now. I was yes. never... Choosing him, he was arriving from the sky. It was ridiculous. 
I know. I know. And that's where we all were, or we have been, mm-hmm. unless we knew better. But we thought that was what we were waiting for, what we were looking for, what we wanted. But when you become an empowered data, you know that number one, chemical attraction may not be right. In fact, and I find it I find it dangerous now for me. Right. <laughs> In okay. the past, if I had the chemical rush and the incredible attraction, I'd think, "Wow, this is perfect. This is. I mean, where has he been? I feel like I've known him forever." That first instant hit. And um, we all that with a narcissist. I feel oh like boy, needed. yeah. And I've now, been... now I look for the slow burn, the slow emerging of feeling is so much more wonderful oh. for me. Isn't that sexy? Very. <laughs> Very. But I didn't trust it could exist. I really, I heard about it, I read about it, I had friends who lived it, and I thought, but that's so boring. You know, why would you want, it's so, it's so predictable that you, and what if it never happened? My goodness, you're in a relationship, and what if you were never attracted to him if you weren't the instant hit? Mm. But there are several no. stages now that I recognize that are ah, oh, it's wonderful. It's a whole different game. Mm. I, look, I, I know, and you know what is really sexy, and sexy. That's really sexy. What is you? You, you know, cut out there for a minute. What is really sexy? Sexy when it's safe. Absolutely. When it's but solid. When it's safe, when, when it's I, real. When I keep, when it, mm. Go ahead. Yeah, when you're with somebody that, you know, this is what I have with Dale. I marvel about it every second day or so. I think, you know what, I wake up in that man's arms every morning. Mm. Every morning. I go to sleep in his arms, I wake up in his arms. I'm not sure what happens in between when we're asleep. But that is, <laughs> well, when that's happening, I'm obviously not asleep. But, no. you know, it's... It's gorgeous, and I think, you know, there is never a night at the cold shoulder, there's not the pain, the drama, the tears, the is it on, is it off. It's just, you know, it's real. It's real, it's safe, it's love. It is love. But but you know why I think it's safe, Melanie? It's safe because you made it safe for yourself. Not because because he did it necessarily, but because you started off making it safe for yourself. And in the past, for me... I always wanted him to make me safe. If I felt safe, then I was okay. If he made me feel safe, I should say, I was okay. But now I make myself feel safe and I'm all good. And then he steps up into that space and matches you there. That is so it. That is exactly, so, so Exactly. And if he doesn't, okay, off you go. That's fine. But uh, you don't walk into this energy unless I feel that you're safe to walk into it. And that's very and new for me. Yes, and it's about taking time. And you took mm. time. You know, describe to people, you know, when, because what we're talking about with this Empowered Love Creation, Laurie committed herself to the Empowered Love Creation e-course, which is all of the stuff I researched. I went out on the field, I did, I perfected, and I created into a volume about how to date how to do it successfully, safely, in your power, how to date multiple partners, which does not mean you're the S word, because this is not about having sex with people. No, no, it's not. This is about honouring and respecting yourself enough 
that men are stepping up for you and you get to be like the lady in the olden days where this was a beautiful system and suitors used to come for her hand in marriage and between her and her father, she was the emotional side of it, connection love. The father was a very practical. Do you have and the upstandingness to be a solid husband for my daughter? I love now, that when, <laughs> Absolutely, and it is powerful. Now, women lost all of that, lost yeah, they did. all of that right, that power, that ability, that knowing that what inspires men to want you as a life partner is you respecting yourself, mm-hmm. not in a nasty, uppity, entitled way, in a beautiful, warm, power where he goes, wow, (laughs) you are giving me that impetus that I want you as my partner. Not a sex toy, not a for now girl. As Christian Carter says it, there's two different women, the for now girl and the forever girl. That's right. And this course is about creating yourself as the forever girl. So when you committed to the Empowered Love Creation e-course, Just describe some of the differences about dating, what you did. You know, what happened when you were initially dating before you met your partner? What what happened? World of difference. Well, um, I went online again for the first time in a year and a half because I'd been in the narcissistic relationship for a year and then I took time to breathe and learn, 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 learn about patterns. And your course steps through different stages, right? You learn about yourself, you learn about how to read men, and then you learn about how to make a profile, correct? And so I made this profile and I put it on. And it was a very different profile than I'd made before because I was crystal clear about what I wanted for myself. And in the past, I thought, if you put exactly what you want, no one's going to go for it because you're too clear. (laughs) So I was very clear that I wanted a committed long-term relationship, that I wanted a life partner, that my values were X, Y, and Z, that I believed in commitment and caring and honoring each other and all of those things. And I sat back and waited. And several people um, hopped on board very quickly. And that was interesting to watch, to sit back and watch the show. And they would email or, or wink or whatever the first contact would be, and I would email back. And sometimes I would email first. That was fine, too. Um, and we would email back and forth. And I would very quickly know whether or not I wanted to step up to a phone call. And I didn't waste a whole lot of time emailing for weeks and weeks. I would ask very clear questions about what it is that they wanted for themselves, but also ask questions about getting to know them just quickly. And it was interesting. You could weed out a whole bunch of them very quickly. It really felt like a choice right from the beginning, whereas in the past I sat back and waited to be chosen. This time I Mm. felt like I was choosing. It was very different. If I can just butt in quickly there, there is a massive difference, Uh isn't there, between, oh my God, I hope he likes me, I hope I'm saying the right thing, will he like this comment, will he not like this comment, you know, that is so disempowering rather than I'm clear on what I want, I'm going to qualify this guy and I'm going to find out if he's good enough for me. There is a massive difference. And I wasn't going to wait months and months and months to decide whether or not he was worthy of dating. 
I figured that out quickly. And so they were all very nice, um, but some of them were not for me very quickly. Some of them made it clear that their values didn't match mine. And I thanked them very much for communicating with me and either said I was dating someone else or wished them well. But I I stopped communicating with them very quickly. And in the past, Mm. it would have been, well, maybe you shouldn't be sure so quickly. Maybe you should try and meet them. Maybe you should start a relationship and maybe get to know them and maybe your first impression wasn't right. And this time, I didn't question any of that. I just kept turning the page. Thank you very much, no. Thank you very much, no. And sometimes the phone calls I would have um, were okay, but I would find something else that would turn my gut you know, some of them had great anger about their exes, and that's uh, a deal breaker for me very quickly. Oh, massive red flag, done. That's right. Bye-bye. Right from the beginning. You know, they would call yep. them names in the first phone call. They would talk about how happy they were that their ex had died and what a great demise she'd had. Okay, thank you. I'm getting off the phone now. <laughs> <We're>, yeah, <laughs> one of true. the top ten Whereas red flags, don't touch him with a 20-foot pole. Yep. No, and in the past I would have been into that tolerant head, right? Maybe mm. he's having a bad day. Maybe he didn't really mean it. Maybe he was mm. nervous on the phone. Yeah, no. And so when I kept turning the page, I remember you oh, had... maybe I can be the woman that will make a difference. That's oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All the time. Yeah, if I loved him enough, he wouldn't be like that. Yeah, okay, no. And so that energy just kept changing. I kept being focused on staying within my own power. And then people started coming in that matched that, which was really interesting, very different than I'd experienced before. And I went on a few dates with a few people that were interesting, but I don't know, there was always something that would tell me that it wouldn't quite click and I would wish them well and off they would go. Mm. And and then it started to shift. And I met somebody interesting, but I don't know if we're there yet in the story, so I don't want to go too fast. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to touch on this. Now, we can imagine that when you're not an empowered dater, when you feel like most women do, that Uh if you're going out on dates and he's not the one that it could have felt, or it would have back then, felt massively disappointing. Oh, my God. Oh, for sure. You know, this is the king. I just had a night with somebody I didn't like, and oh, my God, that's depressing, and it's making me even more lonely, and it's making me think about the guy in the past, one of my exes or my most recent ex, and all that sort of stuff. But it's interesting because when you're an empowered data. My friends used to think I was nuts. You know, I'd come home from dates and they'd all want to check up on me. How's it going out? Because they knew I was researching and creating and, you know, making it public and doing it. They thought it was like a little bit like a reality TV show. And they <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, God, I should have film crews. It'd be so fun. And they uh-huh. go, you know, what was he like? And I go, no, he's not for me. And they go, oh, that's really sad. And I go, no, I had a fantastic time. It was awesome. I really enjoyed it. And they're like, what? And you see, this so, time for me, it, it, I'd had a similar feeling because in the past, I, I would often bring my son to my good girlfriend and her husband so he could spend time with them while I'd go on a date. And I'd go back to get them and they'd say, how was it? And I'd often think, oh, God, another one. What a waste of time. I spent three hours and I won't ever see him again. You know, I could have been with my son or with my friends. What have I done? And I'd, I'd count the number of bad dates I'd had in the last little while. And I was all in this negative swirl. And yeah. now I'd, I'd go on a date and if it worked, uh, okay. And if it didn't, 
they'd say, how was it? I'd say it was fun, actually. But you know what? There are probably 12 more than I might have in the next month. And that's what's really cool about this. I'm not done. Yeah. The door has to close. I just keep going. You know, there's a, and I didn't believe there was a wealth of opportunity or a wealth of choice out there. And I started to believe that. And I started to feel that. And that was a very different experience because I didn't mm. think they were all um, liars or, or negative or putting on a facade. I, I really felt that there were good people out there, just like I am, Absolutely. Who, who wanted to meet the right person and hadn't met him or her yet. That's all. And Absolutely. when I got into that energy and realized that, that the dating was fun and if it wasn't the right connection, I wish you well. Off you go. Have a great life. But look, mm. there's the whole lineup waiting. Let's exactly. keep going. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I never and believed I, that before. Exactly. I know. And that's a lot of the e-course is getting into that energy, getting into manifestation, law of attraction, unlimited energy that puts you in the best possible position to be the chooser. And I don't know about you, Laurie, and I'm sure it was like this, but I know that after being narcissistically abused and losing a lot of power around men and being really fearful of men, to be able to go out and date a lot of guys and have dinners or coffees and conversations and chats and know you're in your power, know you've got boundaries, know that you are coming across not as that needy, instant relationship girl that thinking picket fences and sheep and garden beds, you know, which is what a lot of guys encounter when they meet women. You know, a lot of men are very like, whoa, where have you come from? This is, you know. <laughs> and, and Definitely. Yep. But so, I think the other the other part of it that was really important for me is that I was really okay spending time alone too. And that was yeah. very new. You know, I didn't need to have the partner or the relationship to feel safe. I wasn't good at being alone before. And when I was alone, I was anxious. I was filling my time up with all kinds of things. And now I certainly love to be with people and the fr my friends and family I adore. But I also love my alone time. And so if the date didn't work... Oh, great. I could go home and have a quiet evening to myself. That's awesome, too. Mm. And that was you very new. Mm. Pardon me? You can't lose when you're in that energy. No, you called it the flow. And that's yep. what it felt like. It just felt like anything that happened was going to be okay. Because I would be okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. And you knew you could be safe in it no matter what happened. That's right. That's right. And that's a very important thing about empowered dating, knowing how to qualify, knowing how to communicate before you actually do go out on a date. And there's a lot around, you know, parameters and boundaries and safety. You know, it's not about you connect with somebody and go, oh, come over to my house and come and let's watch a movie and a pizza. You don't even know this person. Oh, yeah, I you made a lot of silly mistakes like that too or, or um, much mm -hmm. too quickly allow him into your personal space, for sure. And much mm -hmm. too quickly be intimate. I have much stricter rules now. People mm -hmm. could think I'm in a convent, really. Much stricter <laughs> rules now about, that's true, about um, how far you're going to go and how quickly. And I used to think long ago, if I had those rules, I was frigid, I wasn't warm, I wasn't inviting, and they would disappear. I had to be more open, even than I wanted to be, otherwise they'd run away. 
That was my thought in the past. And whereas now, you want to run away, that's fine, but I'm not ready. Absolutely. And this is all about narc-proofing yourself too, you know, against, against players, narcissists, people that cannot actually be consistent people in integrity you weed them out very very quickly and very easily without risking your heart your body your finances your soul your life and which the is what we won't all... wait the narcs won't no. wait anyway no they won't wait <laughs> they, won't wait. Uh-huh. they certainly won't wait as long as this one i'm with is waiting no <laughs> they won't <laughs> No. no, and I used to say I won't recognize a narc. I'll I'll do it again. I'm I I think I will, but I'm not sure I'll know him again. Oh, you'll know. You'll feel it because your boundaries are so strong. They'll take off. They won't be able to handle that. They won't be interested in it. Absolutely, absolutely. No, a narc doesn't get through that, and it's not even hard. And the no. thing is, too, you know, when you're dating somebody respectfully and. And don't ever think for one minute that as soon as, I know, I announced it very, very quickly with men and uh, when I was dating and first of all, you know, monogamy, fidelity, you know, questions with them about asking where their values and who they are and of Mm -hmm. course words can be words but then of course you're dating with somebody and, you know, it's very, very upfront and, you know, I don't actually have sexual relationships with people unless I'm in a committed relationship and... The players run because they're just not interested in that. Okay. Or they might try and break your defences down and then you just lay boundaries and say, look, no, I mean it. And, you know, and I want to be valued as a human being and not an object. And uh, I want to get to know somebody on that level. And that weeds them out very, very quickly. Then the good guys start standing up in droves because they've been hanging out for a woman who respects herself. And yeah. there's no greater turn-off to a good guy than a woman that is too easy. And we may say that's all double standards and it's all what it is and everything else, but the true facts remain in how, what inspires each sex to want a valuable lifelong partnership. Men do not want a girl who sleeps around. And I don't care how much that sense incenses women out there. It's the truth. And And I think we're wired differently, Melanie, too. You know, I mean, for myself... As soon as I'm intimate, I don't have a head the same way as I do at the beginning when I'm not intimate. I don't yes. judge the same way. My my hormones start rolling and, and I start to bond much quicker. And that's, in general, the way females are wired, right? We waited in the cave for the men to come off the hunt and they were out hunting. So they didn't bond like we did. Absolutely. And we waited and they came and home and bonded yep. with us and we stayed true to them. Um, and I think we're still wired that way millions of years later. And they they are capable of being intimate with no emotional component to it. That's just Correct. the way they are. Correct. And I'm not so like in a wired. Mm-hmm. Sex does not make a man want to love you and spend the rest of his life with you. Absolutely exactly. not. Exactly. And sex doesn't make a man say he's in a relationship with you either. Correct. The sex Correct. is the 20 minutes or the, the 45 if you're lucky. And then he might call you a week later or he might not. Or he might Absolutely. stay for a few months. Or he might not. It doesn't mean that he's committed to you at all. I figured that Absolutely out. Absolutely not. Even if he mm. says he is. Correct. He has to live Correct. it. There's a difference. You have to feel it. And we feel Correct. it. We know whether or not they're there or not. And he actually has to fall in love with you non-sexually before you have sex with him if you want your best possible chance of having a lifelong relationship with him. 
That's right. And these, exactly. And these were uh, all of tricky. the things when I discovered them through research and, you know, every dating expert on the planet was saying it. And then I looked at the real reasons why at the deeper level, I nearly fell off my chair. Yeah. And I went, oh, my God, that is so true. I've been going so wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have to challenge our own beliefs and work with those and sort them out. Okay, so we're going to spill the beans. So you're in a relationship. Laurie's in a relationship. Yay! <laughs> I am. Yeah, I am. And, and we've communicated a lot about it. And, oh, my goodness, this he's, he is a darling. He is just... He just keeps standing up and up and up. This guy, mm-hmm. he's beautiful. He's pretty great. Yep. And I'm I'm making him wait, poor guy. But I am absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I didn't you. think I really didn't think long ago that they'd stay if they were asked to wait. But he's quite happy to stay and take as long as I need to take. It's great. Okay, so describe how this relationship developed and how this has been so different. From the previous narcissistic relationship, because that's really important. <laughs> Night and day, wow. And it's hard. I, I promise myself not to compare them when I'm living it, but it's very hard not to, right? When you've been through something horrible and then something <clears throat> better comes along. Um, so I went online and I was dating some guys, and nothing was really clicking, and that was fine. I mean, that's what you do. And then. Um, he came along, and I forget whether he found me or I found him. That It doesn't matter. And we emailed a little bit, and I promised myself I was not going to um, drive this ship, so to speak. I was going to let him, and that's very new for me too, right? I'm the very modern woman. I ask guys out, or used to. I... Um, I drive the ship and then it's all good. This time I said, Let let's try the old fashioned way and let's let him step up. And he emailed for he emailed Which for is quite what the air course is all about. All about inspiring yeah. a man to step up and work for you and earn you and men love doing that. It makes them fall in love. Anyway, keep going. And if they don't, then that's okay too. But I remember emailing you, you know, we've emailed each other for almost a week now. Are we going to talk on the phone? I'm dying here. And you were really good at giving advice where, you know, it was okay to wait. Anyway, magically, Mm -hmm. one day he said, yeah, let's talk on the phone. Oh, I thought to myself, finally, okay. (laughs) Because I was still in this kind of old, let's go, let's see where it goes pattern. I wasn't able to wait as well as I would have liked to, but much longer than I would have in the past. So we spoke on the phone, and it was great. And we spoke on the phone the next night. He called four or five nights in a row and didn't mention meeting at all. And I thought, oh, my God. This is really hard for Lori not to say, could we meet for coffee? But but I didn't. I didn't open my mouth. And then one day, um, at the end of a conversation, he said, we should probably meet in person. And I thought, really? Concept? Yeah, we should. (laughs) (laughs) But I let him do it. And um, we didn't make plans that night, which was amazing for me because I'm such a planner. Well, I'll call tomorrow and we'll make plans. And I thought, oh, my God, okay. So he called the next day, and good as his word, he made plans. And he had started to begin the pattern of calling every night, which he still does faithfully. And we met. um, We were going to meet for drinks, and he said, how about we meet for dinner? And normally I would say no, but because we had talked on the phone for almost a week and emailed for almost a week, I knew he wasn't um, 
dangerous per se, and I was going to meet in a public place, and it was a place that I knew, and people knew me there, so it was fine. And we met for dinner and had a long, wonderful dinner for hours and talked and talked and talked and talked. And you know whether or not you'd like to see the person again. That's quite clear, right? You don't know yes. whether or not you want them to see them forever, but you know whether or not you're sitting there saying, oh, God, I really i am looking at my watch and this dinner is taking four million hours. The time just went and it was easy and we were comfortable with each other. And amazingly, I wanted to ask him specifically what he was looking for for himself, but mm-hmm. he asked me first. Oh, I like it when a man does that. Blew me away. And I thought, mm, I like it. <laughs> what is it you're looking for? And I wanted to turn the question around to him, and I thought, no, answer it, Lori. Because in the past, I wouldn't have wanted to show my hand that early. Even though my profile said everything, they still want to yeah. ask in person, right? Yeah. And I was very clear. I said, you know what? I want a life partner. If I said, if the man is interested in, in serial dating, if he's interested in just dinners and movies and seeing each other once a week or once every three weeks, I said, that, that's really not for me. I am looking to grow a relationship into a life partner. I said, does that person live with me? I don't know. I haven't defined that yet for myself, but I know I want a long-term committed relationship as a life partner. And then I held I held my breath and I said, "And what are you looking for?" And his eyes twinkled and he said, "You said exactly what I'm looking for. I don't I date women and so many women don't want to commit to anybody. Women mm. in, he's in his 50s, I'm in my mid 40s." And he said, "So many women in their 50s want younger men and they just want sex," which I thought was hilarious that a man would mm. say that. I said, "Really?" And he said, "Absolutely. You know, I've dated women and that's all they want." And he said, "That's not what I want." I want a life partnership too. He had he wasn't he's not divorced. He lost his wife to cancer 5 years ago. So mm. it's a very different feeling too. Mm. Um he hasn't lived losing a marriage. He's lived losing a partner. It's a different feeling mm. that he has. Mm. Mm. And we happened to meet on the anniversary of his wife's death actually. Mm. Which is very amazing. I know. And so we um we're very clear with each other and he said I just want you to know I date one woman at a time, and I believe in exclusivity. This is on the first date. Mm. And I thought, okay, whoa, I don't want to be exclusive yet. Are you kidding? Melanie taught me you don't do that too soon. I said, oh, well, good for you. Good for you. And I thought, I'm not committing to that (laughs) because I don't know you yet. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And he he was very respectful and very gentlemanly and, you know, held the door and held the car door for me and walked me to my car. And there was no, there was no physical contact at all the first date, which I was very happy about. Cause I and it's very important. None of that flirty, none of that, you know, no. Sexy, oh, no, 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 flirty, no. you know, and that's just not on at this stage. No, there was no sexual undertones. There was nothing. I mean, exactly. not that and he could have been my brother, but he was very careful. Yep. But we were clearly attracted to each other. You could feel that, but we weren't, you know, there wasn't this burn of, oh, my God, I can't wait till we can become sexual. No, I wanted to get to know him. And he he stepped up into um, texting in the morning and calling at night every day, and he's still doing it. And he's very committed to that and and very... um, wanting to know how my day goes and wanting to know how I am. And it's just, it's clear that he is interested. And you said that. You'll know when they're interested. And you know what? I've had that for 15 months. 
Exactly the same oh, thing. Okay. Dale did that right from the word go, <clears throat> and that has never stopped, ever. And you see, I used to think you had to train them into that. Tell them what you expected. No. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. He walked right into it, and it was exactly what I love. I love to to hear from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I promised myself I would not be the one to call, and I'm still not the one to call. I never have to call. He calls me first. Mm-hmm. Never have to. Mm-hmm. Never have to wonder, is he going to call? Never have to wonder, what is he thinking? What is he doing? No. Mm-hmm. And if I do, then I know it's not great for me because he's not matching what I need. Mm-hmm. And... The first week, <laughs> he said, um, I've decided I'm going to be exclusive with you. I've told all the other women on the site that mm-hmm. um, I wish them well, and I've removed my profile, and I thought I would. I stopped breathing. And I said, why? <laughs> <laughs> why did you do that? <laughs> and he laughed, and he said, because you seem really interesting. I said, how do you know? You've had one date with me. How do you know? I said, I could be this evil, awful woman. And he laughed and he said, no, I mean, this is what I do. He said, you don't have to do it, though. That's fine. And then you and I talked, right? And I thought, oh, this is terrible. Now I'm put in the position of him being exclusive and I'm not yet. I feel like the guy, right? (laughs) It was really funny. I felt like the, the player. You know, I'm out there dating other people and he's not. So I thought about it. And he said, look, I'm not asking you to do the same thing. I'm just telling you that that's what I need to do. And I said, in order to honor him, I, I really feel like I should shut the doors too. And I can open them again any time. But I, okay. I, I felt that I, I should be fair and, you know, play at the same level that he's playing at. And I, I'm, I, I was the one who actually had to rise to that, right? Yes. Which was very different than pulling him along by, um, by a rope around his neck. I felt... Like he was ready and I wasn't quite ready. So I did some thinking about it and talked to him. I'll just jump in there too because this is one of the massive differences about empowered dating. Like when women aren't doing empowered dating, they're trying to convince men to be in Mm -hmm. relationships with them. But when you become an empowered dater, men start stepping up. Now, I had similar situations. Yeah, they do. And and men are very, we all know, you know, it's it's the old joke that we say about men. Men can't focus on, you know, like they can't watch TV and answer a question at the same time. They (laughs) they focus on one thing at a time, whereas women multitask. So it is actually very true that once he gets inspired that he wants to be your partner, the man will commit to you before you commit to him. Oh, Absolutely. Yep, yep, and it happens all the time as an empowered data. And that's actually, when a man wants you, he will he will bang you across the head with the club like the caveman and go, woman, I want you. And you'll know it. There'll be no ifs, buts or maybes. And oh, there exactly, was no question. Yeah, and it was like, Dale, the, the situation I had with him, and we both discussed, you know, we would, if we wanted a relationship, it would be non-sexual. And we, it would be a relationship before and sex would take time down the track. But, you know, after we dated, we'd spoken for about a week off and on. We couldn't meet yet. And then when we did meet, he actually texted me a resume to be my partner the next day. He stood up and went, I want you as my partner. Wow. I'm going to put in my resume. You know, so now if that's not getting hit over the head with a club, I don't know what is. You know, so this guy's done the same thing with you. He said, well, I want to be exclusive with you. 
That's right. And I'm removing my profile. And I, I honestly, I went into vapor lock. It was so funny. But Lori, this is what you wanted. But I thought it shouldn't happen this fast. Like I haven't been out there very long. <gasps> oh, I don't know. It was funny. <laughs> how long had you been dating? How long had you been empowered dating before he came along? Oh, not very long. A month? Not right. very long. Yeah, it doesn't take long when you get it right. Not very long at all. No, 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 no. And I didn't <laughs> no. feel ready. I didn't. I wanted to be sure. I wanted to really meet lots and lots and lots and lots of people before I knew. And I thought, See, okay, doesn't this, the universe play funny tricks on I you? I was just going to say, the universe has a sense of humor. The universe said, ah, <laughs> oh, no, let's throw this at you and see what you do with it. Yeah, very funny. But you know what the universe was saying? Well, Laurie, you're really prepared to date a whole heap of people. You feel empowered. You feel safe. You want to learn. Well, you've already learned your lessons. Yeah, so don't waste time. Here you go. Let's just deliver him. Yeah. Yeah, he was really great. And then we were thrown into the storm of, you know, my mom was very ill, right, as you know. And Mm -hmm. we were thrown into the storm of him kind of dating me and my not being very... um, available to him because I was so immersed in in the decline of my mother. So he was great, though. He would bring me food. <laughs> he would call and say, how are you doing? How is she doing? Is everything okay? And he stayed right there. And a lot mm-hmm. of guys who were not very interested would have taken off, you know, because I really was not, he was not mm-hmm. my focus at all for a mm-hmm. number of weeks. I would say probably four weeks in the middle of the beginning of dating, I was not off the map, but I certainly, his my focus was not him. Poor guy. Of course. And he said, look, and this is And that life. is a genuine, real man. That's not all about him. You know, that really brings up a parallel for me with what happened mm-hmm. with you. You know, yeah. when we were working through your healing of your ex-narcissistic relationship and you were doing healing and you're doing the Empower Self course but there was an incident wasn't there when you were sick with the ex-narcissist oh remember that and his reaction to that can yeah. you just describe what the ex-narcissist did when you were sick well there were two incidents one when I had a terrible um, infected tooth and he wanted this was early early on in the relationship and he wanted to come over and my face was swollen and I was on painkillers and I said, you know, I'd love to see you, but I don't, first of all, I don't want you to see me like this. And secondly, I have to go to bed. I can hardly hold my head up. He didn't speak to me for three days because mm. he said I was withholding affection and how dare I do that to him. And I was like his ex-wife. And of course, the old Lori thought, well, I'm going to make you feel better. I'd never do that to you. What do you mean? Of course, I didn't mean it. Mm. And then... Mm. Yeah, took the, the end took of the relationship the blame and took responsibility. This is what women do when they're not in their power. Take the blame. Try no, I took oh, the blame sorry. totally. And then yeah. uh, toward the end of the relationship, I had a terrible cold. And he said, uh, I'm really, really getting tired of you being sick because then, you know, we can't be physical like we usually are. And I'm, I'm getting very impatient with this. <laughs> I was, you know, realizing that this was almost over. And I said, well, I'll try and get better so you can, you know, do what you need to do. Like I laughed at him. Come on. We have to be able to be sick. And this time, I mean, there was no question. The support was just right there. It was mm. amazing. Without being mm. asked, actually. He was just right there. And was very good at my having to cancel dates and pardon. Which is what a genuine loving guy does. Yeah. I mean, I had to cancel mm. plans. Things were happening quicker than we expected with my mom and things we planned something and we had the running joke that Friday nights we were supposed to go for dinner and two or three in a row 
I had to run to her and I said, look, it's not that I'm seeing someone else. <laughs> I was worried he was going to start thinking I was playing the field. Um, but I was, it was wonderful. He was very understanding. Great, great guy. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. And, you know, and the differences are just huge, aren't they? I, I remember when Dale and I were first dating, I had some moles cut out of my back very, very high up, and they're actually really quite sore, and we lived an hour and a quarter apart. And wow. I remember, you know, one night, and I said, look, it's really hard to shower in, but, you know, it's okay, I'll get through it, and I'd had a really hard day at work, and he arrived with flowers and <gasps> said, you know, look, honey, and we hadn't got intimate at that stage. And he said, look, just I'll help you get your jumper off, keep a towel around you, keep your modesty. I'm not coming for a perv, but I just want to help you. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> and he had his children, so he came down and helped me with 20 minutes, waited till I got out of the shower, helped me get dressed and undressed, and then drove home to get tea for his kids. Wow. Three hours on the road nearly just to help me do that. Wow. You know, and that's a beautiful man. Yeah. And that's what you've got, a beautiful man, you know. And you've checked it out with me, you know, with this guy. And, and of course, you've trusted yourself and you aligned yourself and you did the respect yourself and you were honest and did boundaries and spoke about what you were looking for. And, and you've rejected enough men from the universe to say, well, no, you're not it. Red flag, no, no. And every time you say no, 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 the universe goes, all right, Laurie, we do know what you want. We can deliver it now. That's right. That's how it works. That's right. Yeah, and he hadn't, I mean, I said to him uh, about a month ago, I have to tell you, when, when I first start seeing someone, I know pretty quickly whether or not I want to continue to see them, whether or not I want a second date or a third date. But I said it takes me a while to realize whether or not I want to be long-term with them. And I said I have to get to know someone to reach that stage. And until I know that, there's no intimacy for me. There can't be because I have to keep my head clear. And he was very honest and and forthright and, and open about that. And he said, you know, as a man... You have to know we love that, but he said, I, I'm the same way. You know, I'm, I'm happy to wait until we're both sure that this is something we want to go long-term. Mm. And we, we still haven't been intimate with each other because we're enjoying getting to know each other so well. And, and I also said, until I'm intimate, my child doesn't enter the relationship. Mm. And until mm. I'm sure that this is going somewhere, my child doesn't enter the relationship because he's, he's young and I don't want him to be jerked around in different situations, right? Mm, mm. So, um, and then the universe brought us a, a storm where he ended up meeting my whole family all at once, right? <laughs> Didn't expect that to happen, but... Wow. Yeah. And how did that go? Well, Mom passed away two weeks ago, today, actually, and um, her visitation and her funeral were that week, and he had been so wonderfully supportive and knew that I would have to be quite immersed mm. in that and he asked mm. what the plans were and it, we weren't at the stage where he would come with me and be my partner at everything and it's very interesting mm. because mom has been sick for many years and I used to use in my mind the benchmark of a good man would be someone who could stand beside me at my mother's funeral and support me through it mm. very interesting and now I said to myself you don't need someone beside you you're fine you're going to walk down the aisle, you're going to be there, and you're going to leave, mm. and you're going to do the right thing. Mm. But the person who's worthy of you 
is someone who will let you do that and not expect to be beside you and hurt because he's not. Mm. The whole different story in my head. Absolutely. And he let he let me. Terrible word. He understood that I needed to be with my family and I needed to be with a mm. very close friends who'd been with me forever. But he showed mm. up at the visitation and stayed for two hours on the outskirts, knowing that I couldn't come and talk to him, and mm. met my entire family and my entire circle on his own. Mm. And I thanked him for coming. I said, you came. And he said, of course I came. Like, how could I not come to this? And I said, yeah. I'm so sorry that I couldn't speak to you. And he said, Lori, you're busy. Of course I know that. And the next day was the funeral, and he couldn't come to the funeral. He had a huge meeting, but he said, I really want to come to the burial. That's important to me. And yeah. I'm I'm a little bit bitter from my journey, and I said to myself, he's not going to come. Why would he want to come to that? Really? Yeah. Remember, you and I talked about it. And so we did the whole funeral, which, of course, is very emotional, and we drive to the burial site, and he's parked yes. at the site waiting for me. He'd gone to the special office to find out what plot we were going to be at. And this is a huge cemetery in a large city. Yes. And he parked, parked outside waiting with the motor running. And I welled up when we pulled up, and I went up to him and I said, you're here. And he said, I told you I was coming. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, yeah. Lori, how many different ways do you need to hear that this man is honorable? Really? So, pretty cool. And, I mean, what he didn't have any axe to grind coming to that, right? It's not like he was gaining points or trying to yeah. gain points. Certainly gained hundreds of them that day. But do you know what I mean? He wasn't doing it for the for the accolades. He did it because yes. it was the right thing to do. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's yeah. It, it it is. It's beautiful. And it's just in complete contrast to what you had before. Yeah. And I mean the narc would have I don't think he would have even been able to come. He would have made an excuse that he was busy in some form. Yeah. He couldn't have done it. No. Well, it wouldn't have been all about him. That's right. And it's in these kinds of crises. I mean, life's all about these kinds of storms, right? They happen all the time in different forms. And then you see what a real person is like. Exactly. And the thing is, you know, with a life partner, it's not about, oh, my God, it's the chemical reaction. Oh, my God, we're meant to be together. Oh, my God. It's about ascertaining the values and the qualities and taking your time with somebody to know whether they are going to be a life partner walking beside you, walking beside you through life. That's right. That's that right. they've got your back, that they support you, that they love you, that they're unconditional with you, that... You grow old together. Yeah, and the unconditional and is so huge, right? To accept you for who you are, the way you accept yourself. That's what changes mm-hmm. Exactly, the way you accept yourself. And people cannot love you unconditionally until you are at peace with yourself, until you love yourself and until you're happy to be by yourself. And it's interesting, I, I don't remember where I read it. I read recently that a good life partner for yourself should be someone who loves you no less than you love yourself. Absolutely. And But the problem was, for me in the past, I don't think that bar was very high, you see? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't hard to reach it. And so now it's a whole lot higher. You have to be worthy of time with me. And that took a long time to find. Yes. For myself. I mean, not him. I mean, finding that internal, yeah. I'm okay, you have to be worthy of me. And it's interesting because that's when they start coming. Yes, totally really, agree. blew me away that when you start to feel 
empowered inside, when you start to feel like you're worthy of something wonderful, that's when the wonderful comes. Absolutely. Not when you're hungry for it. Mm. Yeah, right? not when you don't, exactly. Not when you don't feel it and you're hoping it's going to come and give you that feeling. But I think the hard part is knowing how to feel it. And, and that's where your course was so wonderful. The Empowered Course first. Empowered Self the Empowered course first. Self Course, yep. That's really important to have, I think, before the Empowered Dating Course because that teaches you what your worthiness is. Then you start attracting it with the Empowered Dating Course. Mm-hmm. That's really important because to hear all of this and say, you know, you, you should be feeling it, you should be expecting someone to be worthy of you, I wouldn't have known how to find that before. Mm-hmm. What does she mean? What does she mean? I just need it. I just need it. I don't know how to find it. But mm-hmm. if, if you take the steps, then it comes. Absolutely. And I tell you what, now that you've said that on radio, you know what I want to do? Anybody listening to this show that emails me that is inspired by Lori's story, who wants to become an empowered data, who hasn't done the empowered self e-course, if you email me at melanie at melanietoniaevans.com and you want to purchase the empowered Love Creation e-course, I will give you the Empowered Self e-course for nothing. <gasps> wow. <laughs> well, that's an awesome. Now, Lori had to pay full price, didn't you? Sorry, darling. I did. <laughs> that's okay. It was <laughs> worth it. That's okay. There's no price on wholeness, you know, really? No, there's not. <laughs> no, there's not. And these courses are not thousands of dollars. You know, no, it's they're not. It's $25 her course, but if you order the Empowered uh, Love Creation e-course, and it's on my website, you can go to www.melanietoniaevans.com, and you can have a look at e-books and e-courses, and you'll see Empowered Love Creation e-course. That's you want the, that e-course. the Empowered Dating e-course, right? Correct. That's okay. Empowered Love Creation is the Empowered Dating one. It's okay. Thank you for qualifying that with people. It is exactly what Laurie's done and what I created and what I did out there to meet the lovely Dale. Gosh, he must get a big head, this man, I tell you. <laughs> That's all right. He can cook a barbecue tonight. That's good. He can pay me back for all the good PR I give him. And... <laughs> And I will throw in the Empowered Self e-course for nothing. Wow. What do you want to do first, by the way? Yes, you do need to do that first. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, Laurie, you put head down, bum up. I have never seen (laughs) – I have, but really. There's a good visual for you. (laughs) Anybody commit. Now, this girl works full-time. She's got a child. How long did it take you to get through the Empowered Self e-course, which is like an encyclopedia? How long? Uh, three weeks. Unbelievable. <laughs> but I have summers off, right? I teach school, I have summers off. So I took, I took, um, okay. yeah, I think three weeks. Once I started, though, I didn't want to stop. I carved out time every day for it, mm. and it was supremely important to me to feel better. I had done mm. your, your um, Narcissist Abuse Recovery Program course first, mm. which I loved. Mm. Um, and then I thought, now I, I start to need to start working on me. I know what the patterns were in the past that I don't want to repeat, so what's the next step? Mm. And then I did the Empowered Selfie course and loved that. Yeah, that was nose down, bum up. I love that. Is that an Australian expression? Yes. 
Now, you know, you can make that a Canadian expression and spread it like wildfire. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Nose jump bum up. Do you know what? There's another one that a lovely lady I know put me on to. Chin up, boobs out. I love that one. Chin up, boobs out. I like that too. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, you did absolutely. that one. And then I remember you said to me, right. Now I want the next step. This girl was yeah, so, yeah, I was so hungry for it. I said, okay, so what's next? I finished that. And you thought, you said, you finished it? Yeah. And I mentioned all the modules. I forget how many there were in the Empowered Self course. I don't remember. Ten. Ten, okay. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I did two a week, which is like a whole lot. Wow. And then the Empowered Dating course was so wonderful because it wasn't just about dating. It was about preparing your life for it, right? Remember? Yep, absolutely. So it was about cleaning out closets, literally. Yep. Um, and I joined a yoga class, and I, I meditated daily, which was part of the other course that I'd done. Yep. And I carved out um, girls' night out time, and I carved out bubble bath and book time. And when I met this man that I'm with, there was one night that I had committed to myself as bubble bath and book night, and he wanted to go out, and I said... You know, I'd love to, but I really need a night to myself. And yep. that would never have happened before. Yep. You know, if you asked me out, I would have dropped everything and gone with you. But no, I, I really wanted that bath night for Lori. I wanted a date with myself. And he completely mm-hmm. understood. He said, for sure, no problem, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hugely important, that stuff, because so many women can get into relationships and they just lose themselves. Yeah, you can't do that. That's deadly. You can't do that. It is deadly. <clears throat> it is deadly, 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 and it's codependency. And it's not and it's so attractive either. You know, they don't love it. No, when it's you do a that anyway. turn off. Narcissists yeah. love it. You know, narcissists love it. It's perfect. You fall straight into their, you know, greasy little mitts, really. Yeah. <laughs> you, do. <laughs> you do. And it feels really wonderful at first till it really doesn't anymore. So, no, I won't do that again. So, it was all about making choices and plans for myself and mm. then slowly you get back into dating and then mm. I mean, then it started to happen quicker than I expected I must say but that's mm. okay it's great because yeah because when you do the preparation and the groundwork and you get vibrationally aligned and you know it's like before you paint a wall you prepare the wall the wall's ready right. to protect the paint that's right and then Absolutely. it'll just into place Absolutely. And, you know, in the past, it's interesting, um, I would have been very anxious about this Christmas coming in a few weeks, thinking, how are we going to get together? We'll have to see each other's families. You know, we have to make sure that we're starting to merge, otherwise it's not worth doing. And, you know, both of us have said we're loving this, but it's too soon for us to merge families. We're not going to put our families through that, and we're not going to put ourselves Mm -hmm. through that stress. And we haven't actually made a plan about when we'll see each other, but we know Mm -hmm. we will. We have to kind of fit all the family stuff in first. And as mm. as you said, Melanie, you know, there will be plenty of other Christmases, hopefully, where there will be mm. merging. But to force it, I used to do a whole lot of forcing before, I think. Mm. Because I felt mm. like if I forced it, I'd make it happen. Mm. And now I don't feel like I have to ask for plans. I don't feel like I have to be anxious about when I'll see him again. I know I will. Mm. And that's very new, too. It's hugely new. Mm. Gorgeous. 
It's awesome. beautiful. It is. It's beautiful. You deserve it. You well, put you. the work in. You know, Laurie, you put the work in. And you know, and that's what I did when I broke and I hit the ground and I just went for the first time in my life, I dedicated Melanie to Melanie. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the last time I put this much work in was to train for the career that I'm in. You know, in mm. my in my bachelor's degree, in my diploma after that, in my master's degree, I put that much this much effort into that, no question. Mm. And that's turned into something wonderful too. But I never put this much effort into choosing the right person for me in my life. No, I never did. I just expected that it would fall from the sky because, you know, mm. the universe must know what I want. It'll just hand it to me. Okay, <laughs> sure. It'll hand you mm. stuff, but it won't be the right stuff for a really long time until you make it clear what you want. Mm. And I think and making the list of true. what you want is really important, too. That was part of the course. Mm. to make a list of the qualities and the values of someone who should be your life partner, male mm. or female. Because I'm sure mm. men could do this course too. You don't have to be a woman to do it. Absolutely. And Absolutely. It, actually, and you know what? You know, I have had men do this course and it's actually very, very good for them because they get to understand the psychology of women incredibly powerfully. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and how to be great guys for great women, and how to pick great women, you know, and out, and also how to lay their boundaries about what they want in a woman and align with that. Absolutely, it works for mm-hmm. me. The side of the fence. Yeah, I think it does. Mm. Uh, but to to the, I just last week I looked at the list again, and I hadn't looked at it in a while, and I thought, wow, this is really interesting to read this now that I'm in a new relationship, and so far from what I know of him, and I don't know him completely yet. Do you ever know somebody completely? But I don't know him enough yet to know that he's filled the whole list. But I would say 85% of it is there mm. already, which is pretty cool. I thought, wow. wow. Yeah, did I intention that? I don't know. But I certainly weeded out a whole lot of people that wouldn't have fit it. And I would have tried to right. tried to accommodate them before. Yes, like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. That's what exactly. we used to do. Exactly. If mm. I just understand him enough, he'll turn into this list, won't he? Everybody is this list, really. No. Yes. <laughs> and that took a long time, too. You know, there really are people who are not so nice out there. There really are. Absolutely there is. I, I didn't realize that for a long time. I thought if you liked them enough and you were kind enough, everybody fit that list perfectly. Everybody was responsible and kind and generous and loving it. No. Yeah. No. Exactly. There wouldn't be words. Exactly. Well, Laurie, thank you so much for coming on. I think this is going to be a really valuable show for women, especially the ones that felt like us that do, which is nearly all women. You'd rather go to the dentist or the gynecologist than date. Yeah. (laughs) And don't, don't, don't give up. You know, my friends used to say you have so much hope, and I'd say, but it's not just hope. You know, it's action. It's not just sitting back hoping that. It'll fall. Mm. It's it's working toward it. So mm. don't give don't give up the uh, the reins. Keep working. Mm. It, it comes. It's a formula. It's a yeah. formula that works. That it really is absolutely speaks to the universe and creates the results. It's a formula, and yep. if you stick to the formula and work on yourself, it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay! Yay! 
Yay and amen and all the, all of that. All that stuff. That's right. Gorgeous, my love. Well, thank you so much. Well, you'll be off to bed now. I will be, yeah, so I don't look like a scary woman in the morning for the children. <laughs> your electric blanket and your slippies and your, your warm you dressing go. gown and, oh, my God, five degrees. Okay. <laughs> That's really warm, actually, for here. That's nothing. Really? Would you know where I've moved to? Apparently it gets down to zero, minus two, and all sorts of things. And then <gasps> can be like 45 and, you know. <clears throat> you so might get snow. Winter. Well, you might get I snow. Hope not. I hope oh, not. snow's beautiful. Come on. I'm sure it is, as long as I've got a nice big heater. <laughs> and thermals and stuff and, you know. But I don't, I don't know if I'll come and ever visit you in Winterdale. I don't think I'll come. <laughs> oh, I don't blame you. No. <laughs> it's, still, it's pretty from afar, but far from pretty, as they say, right? No, it's Aww. nice, but I love the summer. So I think I was more in the wrong place. The summer's much better for me. So thank well you. Done. It was great. Yeah, you did a great job, and I love your honesty and the way you express things. It's just pure, and it's from the heart, and you deserve it. Thank All you. All right, my love, we'll be talking soon. So, bye, Laurie. Thank you so much. Take good care, and thanks for all your help. Bye now. You're welcome. You're welcome, Dal. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the show. I really do believe this is so inspiring, where Laurie's come from. She was a broken lady less than a year ago, and she is so on track. It's beautiful. So please remember the offer that I put forward. You can email me at melanie at melanietoniaevans.com. If you want to take up on this offer, if you've listened to this radio show, you need to say that you've listened to this radio show, and I'm going to have this offer open for a week only. So good luck with and lots of love and I'll be talking to you.